everybody on? Good, great, grand, wonderful. The Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. Howdy, 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 howdy. Happy Friday. That's right. We have made it to the end of the work week, everybody. What is going on? Hope you're all having a good one. Dan Grosser Show with you again for the next three hours at 800 919 That is the telephone number. Anthony Pusick is producing the program tonight. That's right, my buddy, my pal. I think the last time we worked together, it might have been, what, the Jets season finale? Has it been that long? Has it, really it could been be. That long? It might be. <laughs> you know, we, we, should get, we should call up Buttle. We should get Ray D in here, and then we'd have a nice little uh, Jets reunion. It's funny you say that. I talked to Ray. Yeah. And I said, Ray, I'm going to be working with Dan tonight. Why don't, and as I said that, he ran out of the room. He just, he said, gone, I don't want any part of it. You yeah, know? he didn't even know what I was going to no. say, but he was like, this sounds like work. I'm, I'm, yeah. But we love him. He's, he's like, don't, don't get any wacky ideas. I don't want any part of it yet. I'm good with when the season starts in August. I'm going to enjoy my grasa free time until then. I, I can appreciate that from Ray. Why, why wouldn't he think any different? Buttle basically just uh, pays no attention, no mind during the uh, offseason. You know, that it's impossible to get, get a hold of him. Don got a, a text him, from so. him almost immediately uh, the other really? day. I was going to tell you about that. Wow. So Good for Don. You got to be somebody important. That's why. I guess wow. we're <laughs> I guess we're not. Anyways, like I said, a lot of stuff on the agenda. Good to have Anthony here. Pinch hitting tonight. And we'll take it right up until 10 o'clock. What's on after us tonight, Anthony? Is it the, uh, the weekend wager? What do we have? No, you know what? We're going to go straight to the network. Ah, even better. Okay, Me, you, and the network. The that's it. So we are flipping the switch at 10 o'clock, but we got a lot to get in between now and then at 800 3776 At Dan Gross is where you can get me on Twitter as well. And, well, we got a lot of things to talk about. You don't got a baseball game just yet for either of the two locals. Yankees, of course, are going to get underway a few hours from now out on the left coast against the L.A. Dodgers. We'll have plenty to say about that. And there's something... Look, I'm not a fan of either team, right? I make no secret about that. But... If you are a baseball fan, you do have an appreciation of Yankees, Dodgers, the nostalgia, the history. You know, you think about how many times they've met in the postseason. And I know that we kind of don't necessarily live in this interleague world anymore with baseball. I mean, it, it's not a novelty, I should say, how it once was, because now every, play, every team plays every team all across the season. You know, there is no more interleague play. I mean, this happens daily. But to me, there is still, and I was looking at this earlier today and really trying to, like, you know, match things up. When I think, like, the teams from the opposite leagues in baseball, the one that still kind of carries the most history and, and, you know, the nostalgia and the ode to yesteryear, it's Yankees-Dodgers. You know, and I wasn't even old enough to appreciate any of these World Series, but they've met so many times in the postseason once upon a time that, you know, it, it still kind of rings true. And I talked about that even yesterday. You know, the Yankees being out at Dodger Stadium, seeing those uniforms together on the same field, it's just going to feel important. So a little bit later on tonight, we'll have some Yankees and some Dodgers. Yanks getting a little bit healthier, getting some reinforcements with Stanton and with Donaldson, of course, Canely and others. So that is coming up just after 10 o'clock. Mets are supposed to be getting underway like any minute out at City Field. But if you look out the window, depending on where you are right now, you know, 
Yeah, delay, you know, you're dark, it's rainy, it's thundery. It was like dark over here a little while ago, but they got the raindrops coming down in Queens, so the Mets and the Jays are going to be delayed at least a little bit at the start. Don't worry, they're going to play baseball, but going to have to wait a while to see Chris Bassett square off against Justin Verlander as the Mets take on their old buddy from a season ago. And I've mentioned it a lot this week. You know, Bassett to me is one of those guys that I think the Mets were way too casual in letting just walk out the door when the season ended. You know, this is a guy who led them in innings pitch last year. He was durable. He was consistent. You know, for the better part of the, the, the summer, if you will, you know, Chris Bassett was their best pitcher. Not DeGrom, not Scherzer. Well, DeGrom was hurt most of the year, but Chris Bassett was the guy. You know, he was delivering and he was answering the call for them. He was really, really important. And I understand that things didn't necessarily end on a high note. You know, that playoff start was disappointing against the San Diego Padres. But, you know, to just let him walk out the door for 63 million bucks is what he got from the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, you know the Mets can afford that. And so far, the starting pitching has not exactly answered the call like you would hope. And that's really been their Achilles heel, if you ask me, as to why they've been kind of an up-and-down team here for the first two months of the season. So Mets-Jays will keep you posted once that one gets underway. We do have a basketball game to talk about, though. Finally, 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 they raised the curtain. On the NBA Finals, you saw the Denver Nuggets back in action last night after a lengthy, lengthy vacation. And you know what? Very early on, there wasn't a doubt that this was going to be Denver's ballgame because they erased any concerns fairly early over any type of rust, being off for 10 days, anything along those lines. And look, Denver's a tough place to play. There's a reason It's a tough place. You know all about the altitude. Maybe the toughest reason is, is you know what? The team that plays there, that calls it their home court, they're just really good. There's a reason that the Nuggets have not lost at home since March 30th. Let that sink in for a second. March the 30th was the last time the Denver Nuggets lost a game on that floor. Do you know when March 30th was? That was Major League Baseball opening day. That was the last time the Nuggets got beat on that home court. So Miami, it's no secret. If they're going to win this series, they got to win a game in Denver. Something that the Heat franchise has not done since 2016. And I know that it's only one game. And yes, they can reauthor the script coming up on Sunday in game number two. But a lot of things are going to have to change. Because the Nuggets came out last night and they took control of this game in the first quarter. Aaron Gordon the guy doing the heavy lifting in terms of the scoring, at least. You throw in Murray as well. And Nikola Jokic, who's the best player on the planet, think about this for a second. In the first quarter, when Denver was clearly the better team and establishing themselves as that, Nikola Jokic took one shot in that opening 12 minutes. Uno shot. And it happened with three seconds left in the quarter. But he still had a hand in virtually everything that was going on. He controlled the narrative in that quarter. I think he had like six assists in that first quarter en route to, you know, another ho-hum triple-double, which is what you come to expect from Nikola Jokic. It seems like every time he steps out on the floor. And I had said before the game, leading into that series, to me, it wasn't even Jimmy Butler. I thought that Bam Adebayo was the most important player on that Heat roster, given the fact that he was going to be the one who was going to be tasked to slow down Nikola Jokic. Could ill afford to be in foul trouble the whole nine yards. Well, Adebayo had a huge game last night. He was their best player. Avoided foul trouble. The whole nine yards. Played 40 minutes. And guess what? Not enough. Not even close to being enough. Because it takes a team. And maybe in basketball more so than any of these other sports, like one guy can carry you through 
and he could just jump on their back and they could get you where you want to go. But that wasn't the case with the Miami Heat last night. And the thing about this series, and at least in terms of the opener, like if you're Miami and if you're a Heat fan and you're looking at the way that first game kind of unfolded, Nuggets shot only 30% last night from three. 30%. That's not good. Eight for 27. And yet they still won the game going away. You know why? Because they shot over 60% from two. And it just goes to show you that you could still be effective and you could still go out there and win basketball games and win basketball games rather comfortably too. If you go out there and play sound fundamental basketball and hit your shots. You know, once upon a time, there was no such thing as a three-pointer. Now it's like the thing in the NBA. It's the flavor of the month, right? Chuck up as many threes as possible. But you make your twos, you get good shots, you attack the paint. You know what? You can win a lot. And Denver was getting a lot of good looks in the paint. They took advantage of that. Jimmy Butler wasn't great last night, right? They need more from him. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, if the Heat want to have any chance, Jimmy Butler's got to be the guy. You know, 13 points... Not enough. In this situation, not enough, especially if the role players and the supporting cast are going to be as disappointing as they were in that game last night. You know, Kayla Martin, who was the flavor of the month in the series against the Boston Celtics, people pounding the table saying, well, you know what? Kayla Martin should be the MVP of the series, not Jimmy Butler. Kayla Martin, nowhere to be found last night. Max Struess, nowhere to be found last night. Duncan Robinson, same for him. Nowhere to be found. Those three guys shot two for 23 combined from the floor. I could shoot better than two for 23. And make a long story short, Heat aren't going to find ways to win games in this series if they're not getting the contributions from those other guys. It's as simple as that. You know, there was that little mic'd up moment before the game, too, of Michael Malone, the Nuggets coach, in the locker room. And he was talking about how the Heat won game one on the road in Milwaukee. They won game one on the road at Madison Square Garden. They won game one on the road in Boston. And he said, that ends tonight. Well, it ended. It ended, and now they're three wins away from a championship. And how about this, too? You know what else kind of needs to change? And it wasn't even a case where after the game, you could sit there and bellyache over it. And you can complain and, you know, whether it's Eric Spolster or any of the players. Miami shot two free throws last night. Think about that for a second. Two free throws. That wasn't poor officiating. That, to me, was a Heat team that needs to be more aggressive. Denver got to the line plenty. They shot 20. But two free throws in an NBA Finals game? Who are you expecting to beat realistically? If that's the only chance you're going to get to the charity stripe. Well, I got an answer for you. It ain't going to happen. It's as simple as that. Is the series over? Absolutely not. Still got a lot of basketball to play. As we learned in the last round with the Boston Celtics, a lot can still happen. I wonder what the ratings are for that game last night because people that were a little skeptical of it, maybe didn't think it was the sexiest matchup. You know, you tuned into that game, and like I said, first quarter, you kind of knew all there was to know about how this game was going to go. You know, and then right out of the gates after halftime, they build up a 24-point lead game-set match. I know Miami kind of made it interesting or tried to make it interesting early in the fourth quarter there, but bottom line is the Nuggets are the better basketball team. And I think that over the next couple of weeks, they're just going to confirm that to the rest of the basketball world. And they're going to win this series. Can they get a couple of games? 
I hope so. You know, I'd like to see this series go as long as possible. Give us something to talk about. Keep us entertained. Because once the series is over, you're not going to get any basketball for the next, you know, three, four months. So this is all we got. But this Nuggets team is fun. They really and truly are. And they probably deserve to get more love than they're getting nationally. You know, during that gap, you know, between the end of the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals, you know, a lot of the shows and whatnot, they weren't talking about the Nuggets. They were talking about the Heat. They were talking about the Celtics. They were talking about the Lakers, who the Nuggets swept, and what's LeBron James's future going to have in store, and blah, 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 blah. Now, you know what? They're making it hard to not talk about this team because they're three wins away from an NBA championship. According to numbers that I just pulled up here, appears the Game 1 ratings for last night's NBA Finals game. It was a slight, slight, like minuscule decline from last year's Game 1. And I would expect, I mean, look, I would expect it to be down, but I guess that's good news for the NBA and for our company here at ESPN ABC that it's only slight because think about what you had last year. You had the Celtics, who were a national brand, and you had the Golden State Warriors, who have basically become one over the last decade because they win championships and they've got recognizable players, star power, the whole nine yards. This is, you know, Denver, who's in their first NBA Finals ever. Nikola Jokic is a guy who wins MVP awards, but there's still some people out there who think that they're not legitimate. And then you have the Miami Heat, who were an eight seed, the little engine that could. I wouldn't exactly say, you know, brimming with star power either. I think people know Jimmy Butler from the, you know, the Michelob commercials. Are they Michelob, Anthony? Is that what the, the beer commercials that he does for Jimmy Butler? I didn't know Jimmy did beer commercials. Well, they're I'll all over the up. game. Well, I'm He's sitting on, on the plane last night singing uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. I, I'm, I'm listening on 98.7, the great oh, 98.7. He's listening. Right. Anthony's going old school when he watches the games. He turns the sound down like he's, uh, it's, it's 1927. Me and Richard, and you're right, it is Michelob. It is. <laughs> Last night he was rocking the, the, the new commercials. He's rocking the uh, the Hootie and the Blowfish. Only want to be with you. If he yeah, isn't Jimmy's... in a lot of commercials now, which he is, he's going to be in a lot more. Oh, he's, uh, absolutely. I mean, this is his this is his chance to cash in. Not that he needs the money. You know, we're not going to start a GoFundMe anytime soon for Jimmy. I think he's doing okay. But yeah, so there you go. Slight decline, which is fine. Um, you know what you need though to pick up the ratings? You need the series to go deep. Because I think that, you know, the average fan, I think they've heard all the conjecture about this being a one seed versus an eight seed. You know, it's supposed to be a mismatch. You just saw people were watching the Denver Nuggets sweep LeBron James and the Lakers. Like people were all in on that. So they thought, geez, these guys must be really good. There's no way an eight seed is going to be able to beat them if LeBron couldn't even get a game off them. So if this series, you know, goes past four. And, you know, maybe it looks as if this could be somewhat competitive. Then you'll start to see the numbers perk up a little bit. And remember, if this goes seven games, game seven is going to be two weeks from Sunday on the 18th. They love to stretch this thing out. All right, let's get to some phones here at 800-919-3776. Mets still in a rain delay out at City Field against the Blue Jays. They will play tonight, though. It's not going to be a complete and total washout. Let's say hi to Nelson in Long Island. He's starting us off here on 98.7 ESPN. Nell, what's going on? How's it going, buddy? Always a pleasure once again. Nell, you know what? <laughs> pleasure is all ours. What's going on? I'm a little heartbroken, a little heartbroken. I mean, I look at the Heat team. I ask myself... If the Knicks had a shot, did they have a shot to make it? They, you know, could they have gotten through Boston? 
and whatever. But at the end of the day, the one thing I can actually tell you, the Miami has shown one thing with when there's continuity and there's you know there's a union, you know the teams are playing as one is one cohesive unit. You're gonna get far. There is no legit superstar. You got guys who came out in the second round and became a superstar. You got a guy who was drafted in the number thirty in the first round became a star. You got a lot of continuity. I mean, there's something to learn from this in all sports. Yeah, but that Nelson, thing, here's you know, the, the problem. Here's the problem, right. though. Okay, with with like all we heard up until this point about the Heat, with all these undrafted players and the guys that weren't exactly you know darlings of the scouts and all this type of stuff, which is great. It made for a great story getting to the NBA Finals. But now when you're on the big stage and the lights are the brightest, these guys need to show up. Kayla Martin going one for seven. Max Struess going zero oh for ten. Duncan Robinson going one for six. You guys got to play better. They've been playing better. They're there. That's a team. A team that didn't deserve to be there is there. But you got to get it done here, man. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's why. That is why. Like I, I love all this talk, and that's cool. You know, it's a great story. But okay, what are you going to do for me lately? Now you're at this point, and at this point. I'd rather have the team that's got more proven performers on it. Give me the team with the stars and the proven they players. They were down 21. They were down 21 in the fourth quarter, and they made it a oh, game. Oh, Nelson, the game I'm was not over rooting already, for the man. Heat. The game no, was over. I'm not rooting for the Heat. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I'm not rooting for the Heat. Right. But I will lo- and I'm going to tell you, I called you a couple of days ago. I'm planting that seed there. I love to see Spolstra in New York. I'm going to say it again. Nelson loves this. I mean, Nelson, I'm telling you, and no, thanks for the phone call. Nelson was talking this up the other day. Like, he actually thinks that, you know, there's going to be a divorce somewhere down the road between Pat Riley and Eric Spolster. Like, and, and I'll repeat it, okay? As long as Pat Riley is running the things down in Miami, and, and I believe off the top of my head, I think Pat's 78 years young, but you know what? The weather's good down there. It's nice and sunny and warm. He's got a nice paycheck. You know, he's comfortable. He's been there for over 25 years. I, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. He could do this till he's 88, as long as the Heat just don't, you know, go into the toilet for the next several years. Pat could work there as long as he wants. As long as he's running the show, Eric Spolster is going to be the coach. Spolster's got no reason to leave. Think about it. Spolster, Spolster has basically author to stay down there in Miami right up there with any of the other established coaches in the NBA. Like, think of everything that Popovich has built up in San Antonio, winning all those championships. Last few years, once, you know, the Duncan, the Parkers, the Ginobili's, the Kawhi Leonard's have all moved on. Hell, if you even want to throw in DeJounte Murray, for crying out loud. Once all those guys are gone, his team stinks. They've been awful for the last couple of years, but it's not like his job is in jeopardy because he's an institution. And then look what happens, right? You're bad long enough. You're bad at the right time. The lottery ping pong balls kind of turn up the way that you want them to. And now they're going to get Victor. And they'll probably be back in the playoffs next year. And they'll be competing for a championship probably in like two years in San Antonio. But, 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 like I've been saying, it comes down to players. You have to have the horses. All right, that's why I kind of scoff at all this heat culture crap with Miami. All right? Go look at the Miami Heat if you want a refresher. Go check out Miami before Jimmy Butler got there, where they went through some years where they missed the playoffs entirely twice in a three-year period. You know why? Because they didn't have as much talent. You still need a really, really good player. 
You still need a superstar. You can have the greatest coach in the world, but if you want to be taken seriously, you got to have that guy. You know, the Heat have been to three the, the, the Eastern Conference Finals three times in the last four years or whatever. You know why? Because Jimmy Butler's on the team. He's a good player. Bam Adebayo's on the team. Good player. Lenny in Long Island, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Lenny, what's going on, bud? Hey, how you doing, Dan? Uh, big, big weekend for Rutgers uh, football recruiting-wise uh, before we get started. A lot of, lot of top prospects on uh, campus today. But I, I wanted to talk in. about the M- – I'm, I'm sorry, what'd you say? No, I said a lot of them are coming in, and ne- the recruiting, it never stops. It never stops. Uh, yeah, I, that's why, like, yeah, I don't yeah. think I could ever, like, even if I was, you know, if I was going to be a coach, let's say, at least on the collegiate level, I don't know if I could handle it because I don't think I could take, like, the nonstop constant recruiting. You know, if you even have, like, a day off to yourself, no, you're going to be out on the recruiting trail. You're going to be, you know, going to some school to check out a kid or you're going to be hosting some kid and, and trying to wine him and dine him and sell him on your school. Like, I don't think I'd have the discipline for that. Yeah, it's. It, let me tell you something. It's not easy. Um, I've coached a few of these kids that are on the visit today. Corey Duff from St. Anthony's and Josiah Brown from Holy Trinity. And yeah, it, it's it's a full time. It's, it's full time round the clock, uh, especially with the transfer portal, because you never know who's going to hit the transfer portal, and you got to jump and do some due diligence and see if it's somebody that you can add to your program. Well, tell me about it. I mean, we just got through talking about it with the, all the basketball stuff and, you know, the, the, the deadline to withdraw from the NBA draft and how that thing went down. So it's look, yep. I, I look, man, I I get it. I understand this is the way of the world now with NIL and guys should be able to capitalize and so on and so forth. It doesn't mean I have to like it. I acknowledge it, but I kind of am not thrilled with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it looks like uh, Paul Miami's coming back to Rutgers, too. Maybe. See, here's the thing. And, and the I rumor. love Paul. Paul withdrew from the draft, but he hasn't come out and made an announcement saying he's staying at Rutgers. So that could mean one of two things. He's either staying or he could go enter the stupid transfer portal as a grad transfer, just like Camp Spencer did, and leave him high and dry oh. and go finish out his last year someplace else. I don't want that to happen. Oh, wow. I forgot. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's true. I was thinking maybe he might entertain some overseas, but or uh, that yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it. So, hey, so what I want to talk to you about, do you think we're witnessing the next generation of NBA superstars? And what I was talking to with the producer, you know, you had Magic, you had Larry mm-hmm. uh, Bird. Then you had Isaiah Thomas. Then was the Michael Jordan era. Then you had uh, Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan, uh, it's, and most recently it's really been LeBron and Steph Curry. Do you think we might be in the first inning of the Giannis and uh, Djokovic, um, uh, uh, you know, time, you know, where, where they're going to be in the uh, you know, they're kind of going to be running the show for the next five, six, seven years? I don't think it's ever going to be in a situation, and, and Lenny, thank you for the phone call, my friend. I... <laughs> Like, if this is the, you know, the era of the, the big man again, like it was back in the day, I, I can't go that far because I don't think the talent pool as is, is, is as deep as it needs to be. Like, Jokic is great. Embiid is great. You know, Adebayo's a little bit cut from a different mold than those two guys. You know, but he's a good player. I mean, Rudy Gobert doesn't have much of an offensive game. He's more of a defensive specialist. Other than that, like, you know, what other bigs are we talking about? You know, like, that, that's really it. 
And do we really consider those four guys like elite, elite? I mean, geez, compared to like, you want to go back to the 80s, the 90s and stuff, when you had Ewing and Shaq and Mourning and David Robinson and Matumbo and my, even you want to throw in a guy like Rick Smith for crying out loud, who was a pain in the neck, Brad Darty, on and on and on. And on. I mean, like, it was the way of the big man. I don't think we're ever going to get to that point again. It would warm my little heart if it did. But I just can't see that happen because the game is not played that way anymore. It's a wing game. It's a wing perimeter oriented game. You know, I reminded our group if they didn't know that Miami went into Milwaukee and won game one. They went into the Garden in New York City and won game one. They won game one up in Boston. So we did not want them coming in here, taking control of the series on our court. We've done a hell of a job all season long of protecting our home court. I don't think we've lost a game at home in the playoffs as of yet. And uh, we know Sunday night's going to be a hell of a challenge. A few of these threes go down at the right time. A few of the layups, you know, right at the rim or the short ones go, go down at the right time. That also can change your perspective or tenor uh, of how you think things are going, but we we do need to do things uh, better. I think that part is clear. Yeah, some of the other guys that helped get Miami to this point have to actually show up now that they're here. You know, like I said, those, you know, Caleb Martin, the guy who everybody wanted to give the MVP of the conference finals to, and rightfully so, he was nowhere to be found last night. If he goes MIA, how are they winning this series? How? You know, Tyler Hero, if he plays, whether it's game two, game three, He's not going to make up the difference for all those other guys not showing up. Make it easier for Denver, if you ask me. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. Let's say hi to Anthony in the mail truck, who is up next here on 9870 ESPN. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Dan, what's going on, brother? How are you? Anthony, outstanding. I'm doing great. How how was work today? How was the mail service? You know what? I got a... Big, big shout-out to the company. The mail, it was it was brutal today, 90-degree heat. Oh. After what happened yesterday and the amazing time that we all had at the, uh, at the DNR outing, it was truly, truly special. And I, I don't even think there's another word to describe. And you were missed. And uh, hope you're at the next one, brother. I appreciate that, and hopefully I will be there. Let me ask you a question. On a day like this, yeah, sure. when it's as hot as it is, how's the air conditioning yep. in those mail trucks? Because I see, you know, obviously so, uh, I see them driving around and everything. Like, do, do, do those get pretty cool? Yeah, so we have, um, we have those tin cans that you probably see driving around. I fortunately do not drive that. I drive uh, actually a, a Mercedes. Uh, it's called a Metris. Um, so I drive one of those that has AC and heat because I'm spoiled, and that's that's the truck that I want. Wow. No, you, so how about that? that? See, that's what I'm talking about. I knew you had it in you. Anthony is like, I'm not driving that little hunk of junk all over the neighborhood to do my mail route. Give me the Mercedes version of the U.S. Postal Service vehicle. That is what I am flying in, boy. I like that. That's it, man. That's it. I mean, we have seven in our office. We have like seven or eight. And honestly, most people don't like using them for the for many facts that I could go into that you wouldn't really care about. Neither were your listeners. Um, but those tin cans that you see driving around, no, they get hot as you know what all over that truck. And you're basically, you know, driving um, in my area. It's more driving to you know, stops and getting out and walking. I walk about 15 to 16 miles a day. Um, So most of my area is more residential. Um, 
Whereas we, you know, we have a couple driving routes, but it's not the same. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. And uh, honestly, if it wasn't for yesterday, I'd be in better shape. Um, but <laughs> yesterday, uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, I, I, Dan, I can't, I can't even. At least, you know, tell hey, you at how, least it's how Friday. It was. At, at least it's Friday. It. I got, I got one more question for you while we're on this subject. Yeah, sure. I'm just reminded sure. of it because, like, these are the things that fascinate me. Like, these are like the little intricacies of life that we just don't have all the answers to unless you're in there. So I got to ask it to you. Yeah, man. I'm not saying you personally, but by and large, okay. the, the mail delivering community as a whole, when people okay. get magazines in the mail. You know, and they come loose. They just, like, you know, they get stuck in the mailbox, whatever. How often does the postal carrier sit there and read through people's magazines? I'm curious about that because the only reason I say is because it's quite often where I'll get something in the mail and it looks as if it's been sifted through by several people. There's creases on each page. There's marks on the page. Does that happen often? So I've, I've I've been delivering mail for about three years now, Dan. I can I can tell you there is one time that I actually was interested in one and it was a uh it was like an autographed jersey like um like a subscription or whatever but mm. it was sealed so obviously I couldn't look through it which I really wanted to um but no I've never never once did that nor have I heard anyone ever saying oh I I I was going through this magazine today you know never never once sometimes it comes in like that um there's been times where like you know, the cover's been ripped off the, the you know, the yeah. page and there's no address on it. So I don't know who to deliver it to. So I just put it in like, you know, any, any, um, any slot in the morning. But no, it, it's, we've never, we've never done that ever. Yeah, sometimes it looks like literally like the mail truck drove over it about 15 times by the time <laughs> it gets into your, in, in, into your box. And that's what drives me crazy. But I always, I always yeah, wonder you, who's responsible for that. So there you go. Yeah, no, it's not, it's it's the uh, it's the sorting distribution. It's not us. I promise. I promise your your mail carrier is not going through your mail. Well, Anthony, I trust you. Yeah. You know that. I trust you. So so there you yeah, go. Yeah, of course, of course. That's what I'm here for. So I want I want to get to a point that's been aggravating me for about maybe a year now, and mm. uh, it's a uh, it's a caller. I'm going to call him out by name, oh, and I boy. just I, I want to uh, Dan. When I heard it the first time, and then I I heard him kind of bashing the whole company i'm not turning this, <laughs> this into a roast this, i promise this caller wars thing is it's almost like humorous to me not almost it is humorous yeah. to me but go ahead right right but he he attacked you and uh this was about a year ago i remember exactly where it's a core memory of mine i remember exactly where i was so it was jose in brooklyn and i remember him calling you up dan and he said to you word for word you don't know anything about football and you don't know anything about the jets and i was Dying in my mail truck, laughing mm. at the fact that this guy was calling you out, saying that you have no idea what you're talking about about the Jets, and I believe it was something had something to do with Zach Wilson and you know the whole quarterback carousel that was going on um, mm-hmm. either a year or two ago. I just wanted to bring it up and and say that I got you back, and you know we all got yeah, you but back. Man. I, I don't. Can I be honest with you? You mean Jose, yeah, sure, like the Jose who calls the show all the time, Jose? Yeah, yeah I, see, I, honestly, I don't remember that, Anthony. And if anybody had said that or they want to feel that way, they can feel however they want. I know the truth, you know, and that's all that yeah. matters. You know, I could sleep good at yeah, night. I don't exactly. care, you know. Exactly. I think, you know, I, 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 think, I, I think I'm doing okay. I think I've gotten to a certain point on my own here where I think my, you know, credentials speak for themselves. But regardless, I didn't, I totally forgot that that was Jose. And now Jose calls all the time. He's, he's, he's part of the show. He's part of the family. Like, I got nothing against Jose. I like Jose. Right. And and 
To each their own, man. That's I. I just I just wanted to bring it up and and kind of you know state it again. I just it, it rubbed me the wrong way. I I haven't spoken to you about it until <laughs> wow. at this point, but. Anthony, I'm, I'm yeah, shocked that you, you know, let it eat away at you for as long as that has, it, though. It, it really, it really has eaten away at me. I'm, I'm almost nothing left, and that's why I had to bring it back wow. up. Um, well, Anthony, I appreciate Yankees, you having my yeah, back, my man. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. All right, Dan, you got it, brother. All right, you'll be good. There's Anthony in the mail truck. All right, that was an educational call. We learned a lot with that call. Number one, Anthony's got my back. Number two, we had some questions answered about the mail delivery system. And I got a lot more. There's, like, the, the longer this goes and the more and more I talk to Anthony, I guarantee you there's going to be more things mail-related that are going to pop into my head that I'm going to have to run by him. I, like, I don't want to say that it's one of my hobbies because hobby is something you actually like enjoy doing but in terms of like it's one of my obsessions how about that maybe to an unhealthy level just because my personal mail delivery the mail yeah the mail no here's why here's why And, and anthony has nothing to do with this but the town that i live in the mail delivery is horrific horrific to the point where not once but twice i had to go down to the main post office in my town like the distribution center like the big giant place because we weren't getting mail like there was times where we didn't get mail for like four or five days i had to speak to the get this anthony the uh the the postal supervisor how about that well they had to go summon the postal supervisor and she had to come out from the back very busy person and sit there and actually, like, take us behind the curtain and answer our concerns and all these other things because there was a lot going on. Well, Dan, you know, I know Anthony in the mail truck can probably speak to this better, but when you get to, to people like you in the, in, the, in the mansions with the gated community and the, and the 18-foot driveway, it's tough sometimes to get the mail. We went in there, and, and, and <laughs> we, we, went, I, I, we went to the post office, right? <laughs> you know, you got the window, they're sitting behind the window and everything, and you got to wait in the line, like the zigzag line, and then it's finally your turn, you go up to the window. And I said, yeah, we got a problem. I said, um, we're not getting our mail. It's been like four days, no mail, nothing, zilch, zero. I said, we need to speak to somebody in charge. Can we speak to somebody in charge? And they said, you mean uh, Supervisor Mary? You want to speak to Supervisor? I said, you know what? If, if Mary's the supervisor, that's who I need to speak to. So they went and they got Supervisor Mary. Supervisor Mary came out talked to us, hammered out all of our differences, and we got over that hurdle. But like I said, this seems like it's, an on, it's been an ongoing thing. It's not, the postal service is not reliable depending on where you live. That's all I'm going to say. I need Anthony as my mail, my mail guy because I know that if he's in charge and he's doing it, I'm never going to have one of these concerns ever again. And I don't think that's too much to ask I for. think that's probably fair, yeah. It's, it's very fair. Every, I mean, shoot. Everybody should be entitled to reliable mail. I mean, there's sometimes you get important things in the mail. And I'm one of these people, too. Get this. Like, nowadays, these companies want to save a couple of bucks and, like, like with bills. Instead of, like, sending a paper bill, they'll just, like, email it to you. I don't like that. I like a nice, hard, tangible paper bill. <sighs> because I like... It's a reminder. It reminds me of what's due when it's due. I will lose track of all that stuff if everything is electronic. If it goes in the email, if it's an email if it situation. Goes the, I have forgotten sometimes to pay things because they're lost in the email. I see. That's why I need the paper. So if bills aren't showing up, who's at fault? Me. Me. Well, Jose in Brooklyn is on the line. Jose, how are you, my friend? Good afternoon, Mr. Graza. How are you doing? I am outstanding. You know, I mean, who who could be better, Jose? If I was any better, I'd be you. 
Oh, it's great because, you know, last week, you know, I made like three of three very different friends, one from my hip hop, hip hop listening days, one from my wrestling watching days and one from my sports days all pop up and crack when Peter Rosenberg called me crazy for his, for a sports take. So it, that, you know, this is always fun. And, you know, and then here I, I bothered someone so much that, you know, they, 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 they needed to voice a complaint, complain and, and mention me, which was, which is awesome. So I got to just say, well, hold, hey, hold look, one second, I'll let you finish. Just <laughs> want to tell everybody the, the, for that are interested, the Mets game, the Mets announced they're going to play tonight, eight forty first pitch. So you got about 45 minutes until the Mets game start. Anyway, so anyway, Anthony brings this thing up that apparently you said something. Uh, you were talking some stuff about me. And, and Jose, honestly, I forgot about it altogether. Forgot about oh, it altogether. Okay. And, and that was a great thing because I remember referencing we've come a long way fighting over Zach Wilson. Because the thing is with me, um, the one thing that I thank this radio show for coming on, for allowing me to vent, you know, my frustrations with Zach Wilson mm-hmm. was because when, just to tell you a little personal story, mm-hmm. whereas when Zach Wilson was, you know, this prospect at BYU mm-hmm. and I was working at Spectrum, I had a chance to watch a lot of the college games. Mm-hmm. So I would watch, you know, a lot of the prospects like Kellen Mond, you know, Davis Mills sure. and all of those people that year. And then, of course, I would watch, you know, even the people coming out next year and, you know, Malik Young and, you know, Desmond Ritter and all these guys. Sure, sure. So I kind of, you know, had. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Malik Willis. Sorry. That's OK. Malik Willis. So, yes, from, from Liberty. So I was watching a lot of these guys and I would watch Zach Wilson and I just didn't see what the scouts were trying to sell me. And I remember saying to my friends at that point, if the Jets are really interested in this kid, Zach Wilson, it's going to be a very bad mistake because there's just a lot of flaws that I just don't see when I'm just watching him play at BYU. And my friends were just like, oh, you're just being a pessimist. You're, you know, this, you're that. So when you were going in there, you were in different, um, kind of in this mode of, you know, the position of defending Zach Wilson because there still wasn't enough time, which mm-hmm. I totally agreed with at that time. But the issue was was where it was where it, I felt like you were still trying to sell me on the prospects of Zach Wilson. And at that point, I was just like, man, this guy, this guy has already proven everything. And he's kind of proven that he's literally the walk, the, the real life version of Bo Callahan right now with everything <laughs> that we're hearing. So it's just like I, I, at this point, there, I, I didn't want to hear any defense of it. So, yeah, I called you crazy and guess what Dan Graza I'm a Jets fan so I know you're on SNY I know you're on this radio station so yes guess what this is part of uh, sports talk radio isn't it where we get to call you guys crazy and you get to call us crazy so I don't know what the big deal is I think people have forgotten and I guess since I'm not an everyday caller I guess I should have been calling when I when I was hearing Ira Buddha and Spike and all the old, old old original callers from back in the day so and maybe people would have heard me and understood my style but this is kind of who i am you're not going to change me and this is this is how the radio business operates so i hope you have a great one and thank you for allowing me to um, voice my my Jose, you always you always could voice it and i appreciate the call that's why like i said i you know we might have had a disagreement in the past i personally had forgotten about it completely like i've talked to i talked to jose a ton over the last several months whatever and it's like you know we're best buds 
And I had forgotten that apparently we had a big disagreement that Anthony in the mail truck remembered, and I didn't. See, that's why I, I flush all this stuff. I tell you guys, you know, like whatever happens, you know, when we're on the air for two hours, three hours, whatever, and then when it's over, it's done. I try to tell people it's done. It's over. One has, you don't take work home with you. You know, you have to draw that divide or else you go cuckoo and you can't go cuckoo. Here's the thing I'll say about Zach Wilson now. Look, and it's obvious that the Jets have moved on, right? It's obvious. Uh, you want to call it a mea culpa? You call it whatever you want. But that's why they move heaven and earth to go get Aaron Rodgers. And that's why Aaron Rodgers is here. If they still had belief in Zach Wilson, guess what? Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be here. He'd probably still be going to Taylor Swift concerts, but he wouldn't be the Jets quarterback. The question with Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and the Jets is this. And maybe not tonight is the perfect time to talk about it, but I'm sure it will a lot between now and September the 11th against the Buffalo Bills. God forbid if Aaron Rodgers is not available to play. Are you confident that number two should be the number two, if you know what I'm talking about? That's the question that needs to be answered.